0: Welcome everyone to Celtic Preacher Podcast 83. This is a teaching that I gave a couple nights ago. That was on Wednesday night. It was Ash Wednesday. And, uh, you know, if you if you were brought up in the Catholic tradition or the Lutheran tradition or the Episcopalian tradition, um, Anglican, you know that Lent is a period of time 40 days from... Ash Wednesday until Easter, right? Now, for the rest of us, there's a good chance we don't know too much about Lent because as children, we never really learned anything about it. You know, when I was a kid in Scotland, I was raised in the Presbyterian Church. I never heard anything about Lent. I don't even think I knew about Good Friday. All I knew was Easter. Christmas and Easter, and Easter, I remember primarily going up to Binny Craig and getting bacon rolls after we walked up Binny Craig, rolled our eggs down the hill and went back to the church hall for our bacon rolls. That's my fond memory of Easter. Other than that, nothing much connected that time and certainly I knew nothing about uh, Lent but you know in this last few years uh, Lent sort of had a bit of a revival it's not just a Catholic thing now or an Anglican thing the Presbyterians have started to look at uh, Lent the Baptists the Pentecostals the emergent church and I think that that's because perhaps it's easy for us to get distracted in our spiritual life. It's easy for us to lose interest and not nearly be not be as nearly as intentional about our spiritual health as we would like to be. And we can kind of drift along, you know, year after year and if our lives are going relatively well according to our plan, right? If they're if our lives are going according to our plans and everything's, you know, as we like it, uh, God can often take a back seat. God often takes a back seat until trouble comes. Until trouble comes. Then then it seems like we don't have any trouble praying at all when trouble comes. (laughs) So, but Lent uh, is a time of choosing to be more intentional about looking after our our spiritual lives you know the early church found out early on after the resurrection I'd say I don't know I can't remember how many years it was in a few hundred years perhaps don't quote me on that but anyway they decided to to start to set aside time for Lent spiritual preparation these 40 days and um, it's a time where Christians over all the centuries have either added something to their lives or subtracted something from their lives that in some way would strengthen them spiritually. You know, you've heard the phrase, I'm giving this up for Lent. Yeah, that's where it comes from. It's the idea of giving something up that perhaps isn't very beneficial. So you're you're giving it up. Now... (laughs) What's interesting about that, I was speaking to a friend about this a couple of days ago, and he said, well, you know, if you gave up something for Lent that wasn't beneficial to you in some way, why would you take it back after 40 days? Yeah. So it's a good point, right? reminded me there's many different ways to consider Lent and, you know, this whole idea of fasting, giving something up for Lent. Now, since Jesus' day, 2,000 years have passed. All manner of things people fast from nowadays. All manner of things. It's not just meat and rich food. Remember that whole idea of Shrove Tuesday? That, the Mardi Gras thing? That all came from uh, our ancestors decided, well, we're going to do this 40-day of uh, a lean diet so they would use up all their eggs and butter in preparation. On the Tuesday, make all their pancakes so that on Ash Wednesday, they would begin this restricted diet. Like a partial fast. But since Jesus' day, fasting needn't just be restricted to food. People give up TV, they give up Netflix, their phone, shopping for stuff they don't need. The whole idea of giving something up for Lent could be quite different from person to person. You know, you could fast from Facebook to chocolate. Uh, you could fast from complaining about people to buying books that you don't read. But I did come across a thoughtful article by the wonderful writer Barbara Brown Taylor. And she's discussing this is the content, she's discussing the value of giving something up for 40 days. Because, you know, when I say that phrase, giving up something for length, you might think, why would anyone even want to do that? I mean, how could that possibly be beneficial? Why would anyone want to give up something for 40 days or 30 days or 20 days for that matter? Right? Well, this is interesting. See if you find this helpful. This is a quote. She said, To enter the wilderness, is to leave them behind, and nothing is too small to give up. Even a chocolate bar will do. For 40 days, simply pay attention to, to how often your mind travels in that direction, and ask yourself why it happens, when it happens. What's going, to, what's going on when you start to crave your Mars bar, right? Are you hungry? Well, what's wrong with being hungry? Are you lonely? What's so bad about being lonely? Try sitting with the feeling instead of fixing it and see what happens. Remember the first time I heard that was with a spiritual director I was working with. And uh, she said, try sitting with the feeling instead of fixing it and see what happens. That's from an article, Settling for Less. Yeah, I think that's the spirit behind giving up something for Lent. Uh, We're not giving God anything. It, It shows us something about ourselves. It reveals things to us, who we are and what's important to us and what we depend on. And it shows us all our various Little addictions, really, you know, like eating or shopping or taking care of people so that I feel needed or loved or wanted. Such a common addiction, isn't it? Living to have people's approval, living to please people, which is one of the topics that Jesus addresses in our passage today. This passage is from Matthew 6. Traditionally, the Ash Wednesday text is Matthew 6. And in Matthew 6, Jesus gives three helpful spiritual practices. Giving, praying, and fasting. Now, I'm not going to talk about these three practices this time because I covered that way, way back in podcast 36. 36. So I'm going to take another angle on this text. You've probably figured out by now there's many, many different angles you can take on these same texts. And one of the things that Jesus addresses in Matthew 6, he lifts up the human need to be noticed and admired and to be liked. He lifts up this idea that it is important for so many of us to be thought well of, which is fine to a point, provided you don't compromise yourself. That's the caveat. Provided you don't start to compromise yourself. Now, three times in Matthew 6, Jesus repeats a phrase. Just in case we miss it, he keeps repeating it. And the phrase that he keeps repeating is, let it be done In secret. So, the context is he's giving these three common spiritual practices, right? He's he's talking about giving to the poor, he's talking about praying, he's talking about fasting, which in Jesus' day would be going without food for a period of time. Usually it's accompanied by prayer. First two practices are are more common to us, fasting possibly not as common. But in all three instances, Jesus adds this warning, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether you're praying, whether you're giving, whether you're fasting, let it be done in secret. Isn't that interesting? Verse 4, he says, when you give to someone, when you help someone out, when you do something for someone and you help them out in some way, he says, verse 4, let it be done in secret. And then he says, When you pray, you don't have to make a big fuss about praying, you don't need to call people, you don't need to call attention to yourself. You don't need to tell everyone about your fantastic prayer life if you have one. Verse six he says, Let it be done in secret. And then he says, if you fast, don't make a big show of it. If you if you do fast, God sees you, he says, Verse 18. Let it be done in secret. The whole world doesn't need to know any of these things. It's nobody's business. There are certain things in life that are solely between you and God. Now, I think this spiritual principle extends out to far more than just helping others and praying and fasting. I think Jesus is basically saying, you know, don't be don't be so concerned about winning the praise of people. Don't be so concerned about impressing people. You know, you can't always... You can't always please God and people simultaneously. You can't effectively play to two audiences. And either you, you'll please one or the other, but not both. And he's lifting up this whole human need to be noticed and admired and liked and well thought of, which, again, is fine to a point, but, you know, that can... that that. We're working with the ego here, so there's a fine line in all of this. Because if you're really intent on impressing people, you can start to compromise yourself and not be true to yourself. And I think, by the way, being true to God and being true to yourself is the same thing. One of the problems of needing people's approval, needing their admiration, um, or the permission is that we're always beholden to them, you know. We can't move ahead because we need their approval. You know, we, we never really grow up and develop into who God has created us to be with all our various strengths and gifts if we're forever trying to please a particular person a particular family member, a friend, a spouse, a boss, whatever. So Jesus is is addressing this and he's saying, you know, how about being more concerned about pleasing God? How about being true to yourself and less concerned about fitting in with those around you? Because quite frankly, maybe sometimes there's certain things that you'll do that people will not understand. They just won't get it. That they're not, they're, they're in a different place. You know, I mean, that happens. It happens in families, it happens in friendships. One person grows and changes, and the other one's, you know, the same as they were when they were 16. And it's like, wow, this isn't working well for us because, you know, we're in different places. So Jesus is saying here whatever you do, whether you're giving, whether you're helping, Praying, whatever, fasting. Let it be done in secret. And your Father, who sees you in secret, will reward you. That's an interesting line, isn't it? 18, will reward you. And I think Jesus is getting at this whole idea of what or who motivates us in whatever we do. If our primary concern is to impress others, or another person, maybe it's just an individual, then that's about all you get. I mean, you might end up impressing a few people or that particular individual, but that's it. So you live your whole life trying to please that one individual and that's the reward you get. Maybe you sometimes manage to you know, impress them. But if that seems inadequate to you and if that's not enough for you, Jesus is saying, don't don't try and live to impress the ever changing moods of people nothing needs to be done for sure you know let it all be done in secret because ultimately pleasing people isn't enough anyway people are fickle they're changeable it's difficult to maintain so how about being true to yourself and pleasing god because that has its own rewards that has its own rewards You will be rewarded if you're true to yourself, you know? And I wonder, I wonder if the reward is, I wonder if part of the reward is, you don't have to tiptoe around making sure everyone's happy and impressing everyone and and hoping that somehow we're approved of. Maybe the reward is I get to be me. Yeah. Maybe the reward is I get to be my true self rather than, than who I think you want me to be. And that, that's all about internal freedom, isn't it? Yeah, the more we learn to depend on God, the freer we become. Remember that great line in John, if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. It's like, yeah, the freedom to be true to yourself, to say what you need to say. To act when you feel it's necessary to do something, to withdraw when you need to withdraw. Yeah, all, all good life lessons, I think. It's, it's easy to fall into the trap of living for the applause of people and lose yourself in the process. Yeah, Jesus is saying it's enough, it's enough that God notices. It's enough and it has its own rewards. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.